you something for your birthday. Meg! I'm so excited. Happy birthday! Hmm. <laughs> oh my god, let me check what is it. What is it? What is it? It's a sewing machine. It's a sewing machine. Oh my god, I'm gonna make the Gump the Wing costume, make me the Wizard of Oz. You're gonna make the Wizard of Oz costume? Yes! Which one? Dorothy. I love it, I love it, I love it. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Larry. Thank you, Larry. You're welcome, Greg. <laughs> A sewing machine? Yeah, he loved it. <laughs> what, are you trying to turn him gay? He is a happy, healthy, normal seven-year-old boy. What is the matter with you? Eh, I think he might be gay. Everybody, Dave Juskow podcast, the Nightfly with Dave Juskow. How are you? I know you were like, "What? What is happening? What is all this nonsense? What shake it? What seventies movie or TV show was this from?" It's like I, I know it from somewhere. I don't know it from somewhere. The fact of the matter is, I don't know it from anywhere. But when I heard it, I was like, "Yeah, wait, wait, no, 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 wait. I do know it from somewhere. I do know it from somewhere. Where is it?" But y- you don't. It's just. It's not from author author. It's it's not from the goodbye girl. It's a, I, I actually, I think it's from Little Darlings. But uh, <laughs> there's something about this song that makes me sad and uh, confused and happy at the same time. There's a good beat to it, but it still makes me sad and wish I was dead. And if you know I'm playing that opening scene from Larry David and Curb Your Enthusiasm, then you know. Something has gone horribly wrong in my life, and I needed some cheering up. And as um, my good friend Joe Messina has taught me, that's the clip to play. And it's funny how it actually does work every time. But uh, for some reason, this song is is, is, is in that wheelhouse of, uh, yeah, 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 even though it's just stupid. It's called Shake It, Shake It Baby. <laughs> but it's definitely 70s going all the way back to 1978 here's Ian Matthews and Shake It Baby we'll be right back WAMBC <laughs> uh, 
Life was supposed to work out so different. That's, that's what that song says. Life was supposed to work out completely different for me. Well, I'm sure for a lot of people. But for me, it was supposed to work out, uh, you know, just, I don't know. It's like, uh, if I think about it, if like I really think about it, I will kill myself. I will kill myself. I, I, I have to move on or I, I, I will have to, I'm not even going to go into it in the sense of if I think about what it's with. Now, I know there's lots of people like that. It's just, it's, it's different for me in the sense that I'm alone. Um, I got friends and everything, I know. But it's, it's the, oh, you know what, I don't want to go into it. I'll just, I'll just play this for you. This is the way I feel, of course. I am alone. You read this, I will be gone, having jumped, having plummeted off the Winter River Bridge. That's right. That is um, from Beetlejuice. It's funny that such a fun... Good Time Movie is uh, so depressing, but that's the hilarity of it, actually. I wonder if you could even write that scene in a movie like today. Everybody get angry. We don't like that the girl's trying to commit suicide. Well, welcome to the real world, is what you would say. But, uh, yeah, I'm sorry to start off on such a depressing, you know, thing. And we haven't been alone for like a long time, Um Jessica Pilot's mom pointed that out. I, I know it's true, and you know I usually like to do guest, no guest, guest, no guest, or whatever, but it's been a long time. I mean, because I had those things from L.A., and then when I was here, I would have guests, and just that's the way things worked out. But here we are, alone again, naturally, today, and, uh, you know, we do like it that way. It's not, um, you know, obviously I love doing a good podcast by myself may as well go as i did on my own alone again naturally oh my god you know i think that particular song uh the last time i was going to the borgata to see dave and jeff made me cry the whole way there i don't even know why i was playing it i the lyrics when i finally heard the lyrics because i don't even know what they were, it was like, I'm like, oh my God, this is my life, it's horrible. I, I couldn't stop crying. I was bawling while I was driving. I got to stop doing that to myself. That's the thing. I've, you know, the reason why I listen to the, the Howard Stern show or at night or, or the fan, the sports station, is because they don't play any music because music just brings you back to a place where sometimes you don't want to be. Of course, the opposite can happen too. And you can, you know, play something that uh, completely lifts you up and makes you happy fascinating thing about music obviously right going through all the emotions today come up the light fly with their jobs down he's bound down load him up and chug him are we gonna do what they say can't be done 
We go a long way to go, and a short time to get there. We found it, look at all that. Oh, you're right. A little bit about the camel. Ah, 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 He's got a walk to a bad here we go. In the auto tuner. East. Oh, damn it. Westbound and down. Play the sequel there. I need to do this. It's making me happy. Hope it's uploading the speakers. Eastbound and down. Loading up and trucking. We gonna do what they say can be done. We got a long way to go, and a short time to get there. He's found out what your band is It's not bad. All right. That was super fun for me. You know, I like to sing and dance. <laughs> because, you know, I'm obviously gay. Um, Whatever. Ugh. And, you know, people say, like, you know, why don't you just come out? You'll be happier. How would I be happier if I was gay? I mean, I'm still going to have the same issues probably. You know, it's just because you become gay. The only thing about being gay, or at least you'd have to be bisexual, is it widens your dating pool. I believe it was Woody Allen who came up with that first. said the good thing about being bisexual is you always have a chance for two dates on a Saturday night. So I suppose that's true. But uh, whatever. So why, why, why is it? Why is it such a uh, a morose day today? What, what is what? Dave, what's going on? What happened? What? Why all this? Everything was going good. The podcasts were fun. You didn't have the horrible time in L.A. You usually have. Um. Well, I, I can. I'll tell you exactly what happened. I mean, I mean, besides the normal sense of depression, it really did actually seem like things were going okay. And then Friday night. Recording this on Sunday, June 3rd, my niece's birthday, coming out Tuesday, June 5th. Um, so, <laughs> so you know, uh, well, I'll just tell you this. Goodfellas, you know, my production of Goodfellas on June 12th, it's been canceled. The Comedy Cellar canceled my show of Goodfellas. Now... If you told me it was because of lack of, tic- lack of ticket sales, which would be ridiculous because they would never cancel this far in advance, I would say, wow, that's actually even more depressing. But the, the best part is, are, are you sitting down? Have you had enough to eat? Have you gone to the bathroom? This is the best Danny Rose story of all time. No. Did, you, you ready for this? Do you ready for the reason why they canceled my show at the Comedy Cellar? They have to film, are you right? Crashing. 
that day. Crashing, once again, comes up and bites Dave Juskow in the boobies. <laughs> so I changed it because you know I'm wearing a towel in the episode. That show has been the strangest up and down ride for me that's ever happened in anybody's existence. It screws me. It it it's 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 a happy thing. It's 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 so fucked. I just wish it would end, and and ruin the misery of of what is this show that I know is on the air that I could be on, but I should be on, but I'm not on, and sometimes I am on. And yeah, screw you if you think I don't want to be on that show. Of course I do. So if you're not gonna you know whatever. Last season was last season, and the funny thing is, I said to myself, well, because I haven't even told you the best part yet. Because I, I don't even think we've been together since this happened. A couple of weeks ago, they actually called me in to do a table read with them, which is a high honor. So I played like seven different parts, including one of them being David Tell, which is hilarious. And, you know, a bunch of other parts because they just needed actors to participate in a table read. And I did the best job I could do. I paid Pete's dad in one. And every, you know, people were laughing. They were laughing. It was working. Because I, I did, the, I did a, a, the part of an actor. I was just being an actor. Somebody who, who knows how to read off a piece of paper. As I've often said, I actually put my money where my mouth is. And did a cold read uh, the correct way. And um, now, is it possible maybe I can get something going on this season? Maybe. But right now I know they're filming and I'm not involved and they took away my show and that's the bottom line. I can't even believe it. So I've been calling people, my sister and Joe, I told Joe Messina and, and they were like, well, what's the big deal? You know, it's not, a, it's not that big a deal. You know, this happens. They're probably doubling the money. That's what everybody says. But I'm like, what you don't understand and I, and I appreciate what you're saying and you're absolutely right. But what you're not understanding and, and you, you can't understand how it is for me personally it's the embarrassment. It's the embarrassment for me. And people are like, why are you embarrassed? But they, you know, I, I know they're trying to be polite, but they, they can't understand my, you know, listen, this is the way I feel. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm embarrassed. Why am I embarrassed? The stupidest of reasons, right? Um, with the other comics, it's not so much a big deal. There's two people that make me embarrassed about I, I haven't even told anybody yet. You, I mean, this will come out Tuesday, but after I record this, it happened on Friday. I'm tuping Sunday. I couldn't. I couldn't even. I couldn't even tell anybody. I need to tell them right away so they can make other plans. But I just couldn't do it. You know what I'm saying? I just couldn't. I want to text everybody individually, which is going to be kind of a nightmare. <clears throat> There's two people. I hired. I can say hired because you know I'm just paid thirty bucks. Um, this new girl, Katie Hannigan, who was a delight, who I worked with on this thing um, that Jessica and I uh, did, and um, besides being very pretty, uh, she was an excellent actress, really excellent actress. So I moved things around, and I asked her to be in it because it was making me feel better. You know, again, we have our, you know, that clip. Let me see if I got it. No, this isn't it. Uh, this is a different one, but uh, let's play this one anyway. Hey, I want to talk to you. Hi, jeez, what are you doing here? Listen, 
Usually I wouldn't give you no warning, but you're a good actor and you're doing a good job. And it'll be a big problem if you're not around. But I'm telling you something right now. If you go near Nick Valente's girl one more time, I'm going to stick my gun in your mouth and blow a hole in the top of your head. All right? It's Gigi, it's so funny how you've misconstrued the situation. Listen to me. I said, don't give me no shit now. You hear me? All right, all right. I, I, I know what's going on. I, I understand, Mr. Gigi. You do. understand? I do understand, yes. Right, next time I come back angry, you hear what I said? Yes, I understand. And next time you go near her, you're a dead man. Point taken. Yes. Now get out of here. Thank you. And what does he do when he's upset? He goes to eat. That's what your pal Dave just has been doing. It's awesome. Waiter! I'll have the cheese platter now. Mm. Waiter! Waiter! Of the Nessa Road pie. Could you bring me some more potatoes, please? And I'll I'll have the pork loin now. Lovely. Thank you. Oh, and one more thing. I'll have the cheese platter now as well. Yes, and could you save me the Nestle Road pie? Lovely. Thank you. Yeah, so, but that's not the scene. What the scene was, was from that same movie, where it's, where it's like, oh, do you see how it works when a real actress is in it? Because that's the way I was feeling. Like, I wasn't having the right people, and I was writing the script. I wasn't happy with the script. And the funny thing is, you know, I've worked three weeks on the, I've worked three months on the script, but the last couple of weeks, I've really put, you know, buckled down, written the script, and it's taken me a long time to write it and get it right. And I finally was at the place where I felt, oh, my God, I'm happy with this script, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And I wasn't feeling that way for the past two and a half months. I got because I got this actress and she turned everything around for me in my head because she was going to be able to do it right. And she doesn't play at the cellar. She's a comic as well. And I was excited to give her a chance at the cellar just the same way I kind of gave Mateo a chance when he wasn't playing at the cellar. And now I am embarrassed to call this girl and say, I'm sorry, but I'm not I don't sell enough tickets I'm not a, a stature enough at the cellar for them not to cancel my show and put in another one, and I'm embarrassed by that. To tell her and to tell Richard Klein, who every day I'm grateful that I'm friends with Richard Klein and Larry from Three's Company, you know, um, not to bring that up and just letting you know that, you know, it makes me happy that we're friends and he was, you know, going to be in it. And, uh, oh, my God, I forgot to tell you the best part, too. But, again, Richard Klein, right? So I'm embarrassed to tell him. I'm embarrassed to tell him, you know, he likes me. And he thinks it's cool that he works at the Comedy Cellar, too. And it is cool. And now i got to tell him. And here's the worst part. <laughs> I just thought about this. I, the place was going to sell out. And I was going to make money. Remember, I also make money from the show. Now that's gone. So that's a couple of grand that, you know, I need for my bookie because I've been gambling a lot because I think I gamble and eat out of depression. I really believe that. I don't think it's an excuse. I think it makes a lot of sense. I come home. I have nothing to do. I'm like, well, I'll put some money on the game because what am I doing? If I was out, I'm not going to do it. I mean, I've done it. I'm out doing something. I'm not going to, I mean, there's times I'll put money on the games just because I'm betting today, but I won't, put more money on the games if I'm out 
doing stuff. Do you understand? So anyway, I don't know whether you know about HQ, but there's a, a trivia game called HQ, and everybody's playing it. And it's like the greatest, you know, it's a complete fad for 2018. It's a fad. And uh, that's, I would never tell them this, but uh, it's a fad, you know? It's, and, and that's the thing about Frank Sinatra is when you've loved and lost like Frank, um, you really know tragedy, you know. But um, this is from Spinal Tap. But the thing is, so there's this app called HQ. And if you don't know it, I'm explaining it to you. Most of you would know it. Like, sure, I know it. But for the those of you who don't know it, because there are a couple of people, which is surprising because it's so popular. But, of course... You might not work with, uh, you know, 20-year-old kids uh, like I do at my office. I play with them every day. So they have a live show at 3 o'clock and 9 o'clock. And at 3 o'clock every day, I go up to the 19th floor and I play with the very smart Ivy League school, uh, you know, paralegals. And the funny thing is they ain't that smart. You know what I'm saying? We should win every day, technically. If they've been Ivy League schools, why aren't we winning every day? You know what I'm saying? I am hanging out with some of the smartest minds in, in New York City. And they can't, can't win all the time. And I won the other day. And it wasn't because of them. I'll tell you that much. They certainly get me further along than usual. But anyway, so you play three and nine, and you can win money. So I think I might have told you I won on Passover. I won first time. Very exciting to have a balance. And, uh, you know, and this, like tonight, they're doing an NBA Finals, the 200000 You know, maybe you can win 20 to 40 bucks once it's split up by the 2 million people that play. But the thing is, there's this host. His name is Scott Rogowski. I might have told you about this around Passover when I had won, but I can't remember. His name is Scott Rogowski. Now, he is uh, a delightful host, but some would say, oh, my God, that guy, I hate that guy. You can see where they'd be annoyed. His comedy is horrible. You know, uh, but he's charming, and he is the host, and he's funny. I think he's funny. We know he's just reading off a piece of paper, so it doesn't say what kind of person he is. And I know him through some other circumstances. Anyway, he's the biggest star on the planet right now if you're 15 to 20. And Scott Rogowski, three nights ago, agreed to do my show, Goodfellas. At the cellar. Now, he had to be at work by 9, so I said, why don't you come on stage with me? We'll do a couple of trivia questions, and that'll sell out the place because he's going to be there. Because he sells out these shows. He wants to be a talk show host at the um, at the uh, Gramercy Theater, which holds like 2,000 people every night now because he's Scott Rogowski, and this is the most popular app on the planet right now. I mean, really popular that these movie companies are putting in, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to promote their movies, like with The Rock and stuff. And sometimes he'll guest star on the on the pot on the, you know, game that day or whatever. So he was going to come and that was probably going to make me some real money because it would sell out, even though people might be disappointed after they leave. And now I got to tell him. Thanks anyway. Uh, I also had. A good friend, Ted Alexandro, opening up the show. I got to tell him. 
I'm not so much embarrassed for the comics because they'll understand. It was the people outside of the cellar that were very excited to be performing at the comedy cellar, kind of like like the legendary Wid was at the time of my birthday. You know, the comedy cellar, people, because that day people were like, can you do it somewhere else? And people were very kind. They're like, I could, my friend Amelia was like, I, you know, what about my place? And that's wonderful. And I would, that sounds like a good idea. You know, I got to process all this. But let's face it. The comedy cellar is the prestige. That's the place. It's the most popular place on the planet. And me being able to do whatever I do there is high honor. High honor. And let me tell you, this Scott Rogowski, this is a better get than getting Amy Schumer to open the show. Right now, in 2018. And everybody was excited. I mean, my sister, my the kid, my nieces and nephew and people at work. So excited. Anybody that plays HQ was like thrilled. And now it's just an embarrassment. An embarrassment. An embarrassment. That's the way it is for me right now. So on Friday, huh, I mean, this is when I found out Friday, right? It's Sunday now. Yesterday, I couldn't talk to anybody. I was, I was hung over because then I'm like, I'm just going to drink. But listen to what happened. I got I had to work eight to four on Friday, which I hate. Eight to four on Fridays ruins my weekends. Again, you know, I got a problem. I'm like a mental idiot. I can't tell you why this is. This is just the way it is for me. When I leave work at four o'clock, I go home. I'm never leaving the house. It's just the way I've become. I can't seem to pull it off. I don't know why. Unless I leave from work and go out, I'm not going to go out again. It's funny that I think of the old days when I used to go to a store and then come back into Manhattan to, to do whatever I had to do. Those days are over. It's just not the way it is for me, right? Plus, I you know, I live almost in Astoria, so... Um, but who am I kidding? I mean, it's easy to get around. Uh, so Jessica Pilot's birthday was yesterday, and she was having a, a little birthday party dinner. And that was Friday night, So, but it's at 8 o'clock. So I'm like, well, <laughs> if I go home, I'm not going to her party. And, you know, I want to go and show my support for Ms. Pilot. Um, and... Uh, so I'm like, what am I going to do from 4 to 8? So I figure I'm just going to go to that bar I like down on Third Street, and I'm just going to drink, and then I'll see Jessica. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'll probably be coming to your party really hammered, but I'll keep it together. Like, I was apologizing already because, you know, it's mean to come to somebody's stuff like just completely drunk already, you know? But I do that sometimes because I don't know what to do for four hours. I don't know where to go. I can walk around, but I got to plan something. The only thing I got is drinking, which is why a lot of Saturdays – or the weekdays, I don't go out because I'm either, what am I going to do? I don't know where to go. I don't have anything to do. I don't have activities. It's either drinking or spending money. So I stay in. It's not like I got a problem drinking. I just don't have anything else to, I don't know where else to go. So people say, why don't you go to the movies? Okay. So Friday night, I say, you know what? I'm going to go to the movies. I'm going to see the new Star Wars movie. Because, because... Uh, Rachel Feinstein's fiance, Pete, the fire chief, also has nobody to go see Star Wars with, and we want to see all the Star Wars movies. And you know I want to see this. I told you what happened last time when I sit next to the two hot girls. 
It was a disaster. Uh, so we decide we're going to go together, and this is the perfect day to do it. There's a 440 showing that I can actually make on a weekday, and this will take my time. It's perfect. I don't come to a party drunk. I get to see the movie. It's perfect. So we go to the theater, and, and you want to hear something, old man shit or whatever you call it. I've never been to one of those reclining chair movie theaters, if you can believe it. This is the first one. It was terrific. It's so great. I mean, I thought it'd be bad because, you know, you fall asleep. That's why those drinking ones would be horrible. But, boy, it was really comfortable. Those chairs, those, that, that, that's a great way to see a movie in a recliner. I can't believe I've never been in one before. But it was, uh, that was great. You know, until I saw a mouse in the theater. Kip's Bay. Mice. Gross. Uh, sorry, I think I uh, got some allergies or something. So anyway, um, so we go to the theater and we have a lovely time and I turn off my phone. Now, you know, I could be at home for three days in a row and not one person texts me after work ever. But I turn on that phone after having it off and it, I got like 20 texts. And of course, one of them is from Liz at the Comedy Cellar telling me, you better call me this trouble on the 12th. And then the whole life as we know it is, uh, you know, is, 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 is this, you know. <laughs> I am alone i mean that's that's the way you feel you see the text i'm like what could this possibly be i immediately call she doesn't answer i tell rachel and pete i'm already ruining their time let alone the han solo movie we didn't even get a chance to really talk about it because it sucks now i know everybody says it sucks first of all it just does suck it just sucks except for Danny Glover, Donald Glover, what the fuck that kid's name is that sounds exactly like that guy from Lethal Weapon's name. The black guy, he was terrific. That guy was terrific. Could have single-handedly saved the movie if they let him save the movie, but he doesn't because the kid playing Han Solo should never work again, ever. He is like that stupid douchebag who played Anakin Skywalker and the other two. These are horrible actors. Are you telling me? This is what you're telling me. This is the message you're sending out to the universe. I am Dave Juskow. I have been trying to get on television or the movies for 50 years. And I fail. I know I am not an attractive man. I get that. But are you telling me that in the universe of people that want to get into acting, that want to get into movies or theater or television, you couldn't find one actor to pull off this role. No, you couldn't. Because nobody can replace the great Harrison Ford. The reason why Star Wars 4, 5, 6, and Indiana Jones 1, 2, 3 are the most money-making movies of all time is not because of the premise or the plot. I mean, that has something to do with it. It's Harrison Ford. The reason why episodes one, two, and three of Star Wars stink for me is because they're missing the most obvious piece of the puzzle, Harrison Ford. They're missing his comedy, his smirkiness, 
his manly fucking demeanor. And apparently, there's no other actor in the planet that can pull that off. Are For real? I mean, I am not saying anything against Harrison Ford. There's no man my age that doesn't worship Harrison Ford. Do we think of him as a good actor? Excellent question. Probably not. Probably not. So he's now, has he even been nominated for anything? Maybe one, maybe the Mosquito Coast, you know, because he's got to try the serious stuff too. break out of that role. He's so angry. He was in those roles. You know, he's such an angry person. What angry or not, whatever the fuck this guy is, he meant a lot to a lot of, a lot of boys, probably a lot of girls in his greatness. We've talked about Christopher Reeve before, not a great actor. But there's not one time I wouldn't want to see Christopher Reeve acting again and, and, and clearly seeing him trying to act because, because he was Superman, man. And he's awesome. And that's the same thing as Harrison Ford. I'll see him in any movie he'll ever do because he's goddamn Han Solo. He's Indiana Jones. And think about this again. During Star Wars. During. I, mean, no, I don't think anyone's done this. During Star Wars, the plan, George Lucas's head, I'm going to do a bunch of movies. Remember, he had nine of them written out. It's all coming to fruition now. But in 77, he obviously had a vision. I mean, now he messed everything up. He had a vision. <coughs> Sorry, really, it is an allergy. Um, I'm going to make a bunch of Star Wars movies. And here's the first one. And if it does well, I'm doing this one. So you had the plan. So during the plan, from 1977 to 1983, episodes four, five, and six, Harrison Ford, who's the hottest, Han Solo is the coolest of cool, does another franchise movie in between, in between these powerhouse ones, where he plays another American iconic hero and people are totally buying into it. And that's why they didn't want to have him be. I mean, it's so, so funny. Every time they were going to use somebody else, they didn't want to use Harrison Ford. George Lucas didn't want to use Harrison Ford in Star Wars because he was already he was too old and he was already in American Graffiti and it doesn't work and it's blah, 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 I got to use unknowns. Anyway, nobody remembers Harrison Ford in American Graffiti. It doesn't matter. But, I, you know, they don't want to use my... He's like, hey, can we do me a favor and just test with these people? And then George Lucas, thank God, realizes he's like, who are we kidding? This guy's, this guy's great. He is on Solo. What am I doing? He's like, oh, screw it. Screw it. You're it. You're it. So you do the same thing with Indiana Jones. We're like, well, we can't use Harrison Ford because he's already doing... He's already on Solo. So we'll get Tom Selleck. We'll get somebody else. They see Tom Selleck doing it. They're like, I don't know who the hell this guy is. And they're just like, let's just use, can we just use him? Can we just use, because it's, it's the, they, as soon as the camera goes on, you see it's working. I, it's like Back to the Future. I've been studying this recently again, you know, every couple of years go off. I'm fascinated, you know, the story, of course, of Back to the Future. You probably know Eric Stoltz films half the movie. You want to talk about committing suicide? This poor kid who, you know, worked it out for himself, but. He's known as filming half the movie of Back to the Future and being replaced. 
they're looking in the camera like, this is not working. This is not working. And they wanted Michael J. Fox from the beginning. Imagine Zemeckis is just sitting there going like, this would have worked so much better with Michael J. Fox. Why can't I have him? And then Spielberg's like, you know, fuck this. Let's go get him. Let's do whatever it takes to get Michael J. Fox. Now, isn't that the stupidest thing you've ever heard anybody say? Let's do whatever it takes. Sure, 40 years later or whatever it is, 30 or so, it sounds ridiculous to say let's do whatever it takes to get Michael J. Fox. But let's face it, without that movie, I mean, without Michael J. Fox in that movie, the movie isn't what it is, and nobody remembers Michael J. Fox. So from an old TV show from the 80s. Michael J. Fox breathed life into this thing. That's his thing. I don't think he was able to replicate the Harrison Ford-like uh, unbelievable, you know, because he has the boyish charm. Harrison Ford was a man. He was a goddamn man. And he is a man. He's a pilot. He's a stupid pilot. He's a horrible pilot. <laughs> but we've talked about it on the show. When he crashes, you let it go because he's Han Solo. Now, it's kind of funny that Han Solo is a pilot that keeps crashing. I mean, that's extra hilarious. That just builds to his folklore. I mean, if this guy had a sense of humor ever, it's, and then think about what a great actor he actually is. He has no sense of humor. When he's in an interview, when he's doing anything, this guy has no sense of humor. But in the movies, he's got an amazing sense of humor because he's an actor. You know, we always talk about those gay guys that are so gay they can't play ungay. You know, like the only person we know that can do it is Victor Garber. Well, this is a great example. Here's a guy that has no sense of humor, but when he's acting, he's amazing. Christopher Guest. So he's got no sense of humor whatsoever, but when he's acting and he's in character, he's terrific. Eugene Levy, the same thing. These are like very boring, dull people, and you meet them in person, but they're actors, and they can turn it on, they can turn it off. So there goes my theory on Harrison Ford. Maybe he is a good actor. He may be the best actor of all time. Look how he's pulled this off. Nobody can replace him. So this kid, whoever the fuck this kid is, he stinks. I mean, yes, he's giving the unenviable task of replacing Harrison Ford, and he can't do it, and the movie suffers. And it's so obvious. So they have three different directors. And how does the third one, who's Ron Howard, not say, hey, we got to get rid of this kid. He's horrible. Let's put Tom Hanks in it. Why don't we just put Tom Hanks in it? <laughs> Let's just, let me get Hanks. Let me just wait. Here's my guy. I know he's already 40 years too old, but it'll work better. And that's the problem. Nobody can replace Harrison Ford. Do you know who they tried to replace Harrison Ford with in episode one? Jar Jar Binks. I'm not kidding. He was like, well, he'll be the funny one. They tried to replace Harrison Ford with an animated character or whatever you call that. I don't know what it is about Harrison Ford that makes him so cool, but goddamn. I mean, you know, just look at the, the carbonation scene when she goes, I love you, and he says, I know. There it is. And there it is. And there it fucking is. What about when he when he comes back from uh, when he's getting they're getting all those, he's being tortured, and he's just like, they didn't even ask me any questions. I mean, he's so manly. You can't replace shit like that with, uh, with a, a, an actor that's just okay, that maybe we'll hear from again because he's handsome, and that's it. And there's plenty of actors like that. George Clooney is a great example of that. That guy, for me, I mean, he seems like the greatest guy. If I was hanging out with him right now, I would never want to leave his side. I'm positive that's the case. He's obviously the coolest of cool. It's clear. 
But as far as I'm concerned, when I see him in the movies, I really couldn't care less. He does nothing for me. He's like the Denzel Washington for me, you know, who I've always said I can't stand him. He Denzel Washington just doesn't do it for me. I don't know why. He's just not charismatic for me. I don't know who is. I don't know. I just I can't cite an example, but I guess I should. I'm talking about charisma. I'm talking about a movie that I, I always want to see them, and it's always going to be something because they're in it, and they bring something to it. This kid who's in Solo, he's, he just stinks. It might not even be his fault, you know, kind of like they say that Hayden Christian, whatever that kid's name was who played Anakin Skywalker in 1, 2, and 3, or whatever, 2 and 3, you know, he sucks so much. Maybe he's not that bad, but then, of course, I saw another movie he was in, and first of all, who, who's ever heard of him again? He was in that movie Jumper or something. That was a fun movie because it's fun, but he's horrible. So he is a bad actor. Or maybe he's just bad. He's just no fun. Just like this kid in Star Wars. He stinks, and it makes the movie stink. And it's just, again, it's just, why? You know, it's like they've ruined. It's funny. When Disney announced they were going to make a bunch of other Star Wars movies, I was so intrigued, and I really liked the plan. Because as a boy, I couldn't imagine ever this happening, you know. And it's just not working. You know, I saw Rogue One, and it was okay. But who cares? And maybe this is just an old man talking. Because Rogue One did really well. might have been the box office champ. So I guess there's other people that like it. Maybe these are the people that like episode one, two, and three. So it is old, old person stuff, I guess. I'm just not happy. So anyway, I was already depressed at the movie, but I was glad I saw the movie. Going back to our original plan. My Star Wars tirade. tirade. And uh, I get on the phone. They tell me it's canceled. So I, uh, we walk down to where I got to go to see uh, Jessica's birthday. And um, Rachel and uh, Pete leave. And I talk to Liz. And she's like, yeah, I got bad news. They're filming Crashing. I couldn't even believe it. I couldn't even believe it. And um, I'm right across the restaurant where I got to meet Jess and her 30 friends or whatever. And um, turning out that out of everyone, besides one high school friend who came an hour and a half late, I know Jessica longer than anybody at that table. So are those really her friends? I'm clearly her best friend. I have known her the longest. I've known her for like 11 years. That's a long time. So really, everybody shouldn't have been there, except me. I'm her best friend, as it turns out. Except this one kid from high school. Who was an hour and a half late? What kind of friend is that? That makes me her best friend. It's like when I was at that Muslim wedding, and I was that guy's best man. Because I guess he doesn't have any other friends. I don't know. Anyway, so I'm by this park. I'm almost, I'm not in tears, <laughs> but I'm, I'm like, uh, I don't want to ruin Jessica's birthday. I just got this horrible news. Now I got to go in there and, you know, try and be cool. But I couldn't, I can't keep it to myself. I got to tell her what's happening because we talk about this every Monday when we go to uh, breakfast together, which is the best part of my week. You know, I've always just wanted somebody to go to the diner with and finally I have somebody because she moved to my neighborhood. Couldn't be more thrilled. And uh, so I go in and I say, well, obviously, you know what I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to do a lot of drinking. Oh, and then I called up the producer of Crashing, you know, and I let him have it. I said, I can't. What kind of friend are you? 
You don't think I've had enough problems in my life? You do you just want to pile it on? Have I not been a good friend to you? You just got to keep it coming? Like kind of kidding, but not kidding at the same time, you know, but doing it in a funny manner. You know, like when Jerry was trying to scam that uh, that Chinese lawyer that was trying to sue Elaine and they're like, um, you know, or George was like, I don't don't be that funny because then she won't think I'm funny. And he's like, all right, I won't be funny. Am I, do, am I being funny now? Is this, Elaine, is this funny? It's a little funny. This is funny. How is this funny? <laughs> so I go and I tell everybody what happened, but I keep it down a little bit. And I'm sitting next to this girl, just got a friend, and she's, um, she's a friend, I'll just say, and she has uh, some power to perhaps uh, have me do the show somewhere else. And I was just like, kind of blew it off because I, I just wasn't ready to process. Wasn't ready to process. I was just telling everybody how it is. But I wasn't a downer. I was upset, but I was not a downer. I was not going to take it out on anybody there having a good time. And so the drinks started coming and everything's good. You know, I, I'm like, you know, this is tonight. It's beer and tequila. That's what I do when you need to just keep drinking. And... um I'm sitting next to this girl, and she's really pretty. And she is totally my type. And she's, I think she's age-appropriate. It's working. We're having a good time, even though I hate that I'm on her side because then, you know, you're looking at me on the side. It's even worse. Maybe it'd be better, you know, she's sitting across, but then I can't talk to her. And then, uh, you know, at the end of the night or something, she tells me, yeah, I'm I'm dating this guy. He's an MMA guy. He's an MMA fighter. And I'm like, well, that's just crazy. Oh, I, I get a boyfriend. Like, no, I've just been dating him a week. Well, what are you going to tell me that for? What do I need to know that you're dating a guy a week, which probably won't be even lasting another week? You got to tell me he's an MMA fight. That this is necessary. Why is that necessary to tell me that? What do you think? I wasn't feeling bad enough when I walked in here today. That I got to know that. That that's. Uh, on the flip side, if that's what she's looking for in a man, I see how I don't qualify. I'm the. the you can, you know, oh, don't be hard on yourself. Well, I'm not going to qualify if you're looking for an MMA fighter, build the body or whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, MMA, it's like, it's, that's better than boxing. You know, I mean, that's like real man shit. That's that Conor McGregor stuff. That's, that's when you take on like a boxer and you're like, screw you. And you're saying all these names to him. <laughs> and he's making fun of his mother. That's a real man. Um, but it was like, that was the last thing I needed. And then, uh, you know, we're uh, going through the bill and everybody's like, you just pay what you owe. And I'm like, oh God, I hate this. I like when people tell me what to pay. I can't add. I had been drinking. I was having a pretty good time. But then I'm like, well, should I put this in? I said, should I put this in? I put in like 80 bucks or 100 bucks. And then, yeah, that's fine. And I'm like, great. I probably could have put in 20 bucks and left. I I don't even know what happened. I don't even know who paid the bill. So then I was just like, well, I, you know, I don't care. I knew it was going to cost me around that anyway, so that's okay. But um, it's just the way, the way it went down and everybody's, you know, it's just you just need one person. You got to assign a person to figure that out for your brother. Like, listen, when the bill comes, you figure it out. You tell everybody what they owe. Somebody's got to be that person. And it can't be me, even though I technically was the oldest one there. But I'm an idiot. So so anyway, then uh, 
they're all going to karaoke in Brooklyn. There's no way I'm doing that. I cannot believe that that is the new trend. I cannot believe that the new trend is people don't mind going to Bushwick, Brooklyn to celebrate. This is just never the way it was. You just stay in Manhattan. Nobody's going to another borough. Nobody. When did this happen? But that is, I guess, a thing. Isn't that the strangest thing? Everybody just Ubers to Brooklyn. I, I can't picture that in my head. You know, just when I was living out there, it just was so not like that. Everything happened here. It's so weird. It's so weird. I can't process it in my old man head. I can't process it. So there was no way I was doing that because, you know, that's going to end up bad. My friend Steve, just he texts back. He goes, you made the right choice. I mean, I know. I've, I mean, I've been, you know, that's the, what you realize when you're old. Like, there is no reason to go to that next place. Uh, but I was sitting outside and, and I was and uh, I, I knew I was going to go to my bar and drink some more. I didn't have any other plans. And uh, and then I, I got a city bike, and I remember just laughing and being like, wow, this is this, this is a night I'm going to remember. You know, they canceled my show, and this girl told me she's taking an MMA. Thing. You know, like, it's all coming together, and I'm just like, I'm laughing, because I'm like, this is classic. This is just classic. I was laughing. And then I think I said something to myself. It was really prolific, and it was, like, depressing, but I just kept laughing. I'm like, this is this is something. You know, it was bad. It was bad. I was down on myself. So I go to the, the bar, having a pretty good time, I guess, again. But I'm have, still having trouble drinking. I guess I had three shots of tequila ready in the beer, and it's just not going. I want to do more. I want to have more tequila, but I just my body just can't do it. Thank God. Thank God, I guess, you know. It just knows when it's done. But I kept... You know, drinking beer at least or whatever. We were singing, and then the uh, this waitress who used to work there, who I like, who was very kind to me uh, the night my cat died. She's working at another place, so she's like, "Come here, we're drinking here." And I go to this place down the street that I'd never been to before, but I get to hang out, and they close the door. You know, the usual. You know, uh, you know where they lock you in, and you can drink a little longer. And I'm with the staff and I'm not happy, but I'm not unhappy. You know, I'm still upset about the thing, but I'm like, this is the way I wanted my night to end. So it's not horrible. And I'm drinking with that girl and they're settling up their bills. And um, I'm like, oh, I'll get it. And she's like, oh, thanks. I'll get you next time. It's 80 bucks. <laughs> All right, she must have been drinking there since the daytime. She just started that job. And I only had one beer. I had to pay for yeah, thanks a lot. I'll catch you next time. <laughs> Foiled again? What? I'm like, that's perfect. That's exactly the ending I needed to my evening. Where I just paid for this girl's drinks all night and I just went home by myself. Well, that's just perfect. That is just perfect. So now I'm um you know, I'm just walking because I got to walk off some. It's, you know, it's daylight. The, the light's coming up and I'm in this like neighborhood that's nice. And the best part, sometimes when you're up all night, you've been depressed and you hear this. It sounds pleasant. Yeah, you hear all the birds chirping and stuff because it's, it's daytime. It's like just becoming daylight. You know, I'm never up early, so 
I'm just walking down like Irving Place or Irving Plaza, whatever. It's like, it's nice. I recorded it. Oh, the birds are up. See, the birds are singing. Maybe today will be a better day than last night, even though I stayed up 24 hours. I stayed up 24 hours. No wonder I was out of commission yesterday. I was up 24 hours because I didn't work 8 to 4, remember? So I went to sleep at 8 in the morning. And the birds were chirping. Isn't that nice? Do you know the other day? And then, I mean, was it Sunday? No, it was Saturday. So, uh, you know, then this was happening. I like that kind of stuff. It reminds you that it's a new day. The church bells are ringing. Oh, my God. One time I was dating this girl, and it didn't end well, but it was at the, at the time it was going well until she found out what I actually did for a living. Wait, you're not a comic? Well, I've never really been a comic. But um, so I called her. I had this ringing outside while I was calling. Hey, I'm in London. Uh, I'm going to be back. By tomorrow, maybe we can go out again. But right now, I left her a message on the machine. I'm in London right now, but I'll be back tomorrow. We'll go out. So give me a call. I'll give you a call when I get back, and I'll talk to you later. And then she, like, you know, called back, like, wow, I can't believe you're in London. That's so exciting. And she totally bought it. Why wouldn't she? What kind of idiot would lie? It just, there was something about those bells that just, that's <laughs> like, look, I'm in London. Because for some reason, I'm thinking it's, 1817 <laughs> I, I feel like I'm in a Dickens novel what's my problem anyway uh, I didn't want you know I didn't eat anything at the uh, at Jessica's birthday I didn't eat anything I was just drinking I didn't eat I had two forkfuls of, of a salad and something isn't that because you know I don't like eating in front of people so I didn't eat anything and I'm like I really need to eat something before I go to bed so I'm like I'll get a bagel but not with the lox bread. It's too much. I'll just get like the chopped herring because it's sweet. It's nice. I go to this one place. They don't even have that. They don't even have that. Can't even end the night on a, on a nice note of just getting a bagel. Anyway, I went to bed and then I woke up and I was like, oh, God, I'm still here. And then I realized it just, it, ugh. Yesterday sucked too. Because, you know, then I was hung over too. I never left. As a matter of fact, you know, instead of getting a bucket of, chicken, bucket of chicken this time, I had a dream that my friend Lawrence just kept ordering Domino's pizzas as a joke. And then, of course, I had to have a Domino's pizza. I don't know why it was in my mind. Maybe I was listening to the radio and there was an ad for it when I was sleeping, but I had to have Domino's. So we ordered Domino's. I ordered goddamn Domino's yesterday. And it was kind of worth it. Kind of. Like, I didn't feel bad about eating Domino's. It just, it just felt bad in general. Uh, and I told my sister and my mom what happened. It was really depressing. I don't, uh, it's like, uh, you know, in a way, I'm like I said, it's just the embarrassment. It's the embarrassment is all it is. Uh, but, you know, again, you know, Maybe you wake up early. That's why I kind of wish I didn't live here. I wouldn't mind being like somewhere not New York City. But, you know, you never hear this in New York City, which is why I guess it was soothing. You know? 
It's very rare you're going to hear anything like this in New York City because it's always so loud. But if you wake up early enough, you know, you can hear this. But uh, I guess that's all I got to say about that. Should really. Um, oh, I actually had um, a dream uh, this morning that I was. Um, I swear to God that I, for some reason, that I was a stuntman, and that like when I was younger, well, I'm not that that's what I used to do. I don't know where this dream came up, but of course this was going through my head that I was like singing it somewhere because I was doing my first stunt, and I'm like, oh my God, I am Colt Seavers. Boy, I am all over the place in my dreams and nightmares. I'm not in the mood for that today, though. I'm just telling you that's what happened. Uh, So anyway, the 12th is out. Long story short. And when I say long story short, I mean long story long. So uh, forget Goodfellas. If you bought tickets, they're going to refund your money. And I guess we move on, uh, or whatever it is I, I do. I talked to my friend. Uh, well, maybe I shouldn't say his name today, but only because he's going through a hard time, right? And he's going through a hard time in his job. And you know, he, he, and and it's funny because I'm actually at my job. I'm doing very well. You know, there might be a chance for a promotion, which I never thought would happen, you know, because I kind of had a dead-end job, you know, unless I go to law school. But so my, you know, the job that I, that I, you know, never wanted is doing well, but the job that I wanted is, you know, just failing miserably. It's, it's a, kind of a classic joke. But, you know, it's funny, I, I was thinking about, you know, they canceled Roseanne because Roseanne's out of her goddamn mind. Um, and, you know, it's so, when I think about myself, you know, put myself in that situation, not in that situation, but what I'm saying, for years, you know, you, you're just like, wow, this person's making so much money, they're doing well, she's like, so, you know, first of all, I loved the show. The reboot. I watched every. I couldn't wait to watch every episode. It was working for me. I really enjoyed it. So I'm really bummed that it got canceled or that they pulled it. I totally understand. I hate when people are doing all this swift justice of pulling everything so quickly. But in this sense, what are you going to do? I mean, she just fucked up. Are you out of your goddamn mind comparing a black person to an ape? How do you not know that? If you don't care for black people and and you have everything to lose, why keep it to yourself? Are you out of your goddamn mind? Are you out of your goddamn mind? As much as me and Artie use the N-word sometimes or you know, say stuff where maybe it's well, it's totally not politically correct. I'm pretty sure the one thing we wouldn't do, well, maybe Artie would if he's on, which is, what is it, Advin or Advin, whatever that sleep stuff is, which he's done before. That's why I'm never going on that stuff. First of all, I never tweet. 
just on the lark. You know, I make all my tweets, which is why they're usually outdated, on Monday afternoons. I make all my tweets for the whole week, and they go out timed on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. To make sure that I've been careful, (laughs) because who needs that? I mean, what a stupid idiot. Do you know how much money everybody lost on her show for that? Like, not let alone ABC, which is a miracle that they canceled it, you know, with the, the cash cow they were getting. I mean, the ratings for last week. Remember, now the Big Bang Theory wasn't a new one, but the ratings. Roseanne was number one. 2.5. That's huge. That's the biggest. Remember, the Big Bang Theory usually gets 3.2, which is insane. And the middle, you know, which is stupid, I don't care for, became second because Roseanne was its leading. Empire somehow was still number three because it was the finale. Because I think Empire's faded fast. And then it's American Idol, The Voice, Survivor, you know, the, that stuff. And then... And you, yeah, just the Dancing with the Stars, and the Big Bang Theory. Repeats. Still in the top ten. That's why they can't get rid of that show. The Big Bang Theory repeat, Monday at 8 o'clock. The Big Bang Theory repeat, Thursday at 8 o'clock. Tied for fucking 14th. Believe that? Young Sheldon. Tied for 14th. It's unbelievable. And The Flash somehow continuing. It's crack. The only CW show to crack the top 20. Fascinating. Roseanne, the number one show, and they canceled it. I don't think there's ever been a situation. The number one show, and they canceled it. That's balls by ABC. I wonder if they were even... Remember, the season was over. So they could have kind of played it out, say, we don't condone her stuff, and let it ride until the, you know, September where maybe it would have blown over after some apologies and all that stuff and still made their money. They just canceled it quick and swift. It was kind of cool. But I tell you, if you, that's 18 to 54. If you take out the 18 to 54 and you just put in viewers, NCIS is number one, Roseanne's number two. NCIS. That show's been on 15 goddamn years. And one of their stars, who I don't, I've never, ever seen an episode. I'm talking about I've never seen one episode. This girl, Paulie Perrette. Now, if you're watching football, if you know anything about football, you see this girl in the show, you don't know who's, you don't know what's going on, you don't know who she is. She's this girl in ponytails that you see on the show. On NCIS and the ads all the time. It's a kind of goth girl wearing ponytails. Kind of like a Winona Ryder in uh, Beetlejuice. Or whatever. That's what she looks very goth. And she's wearing ponytails. And you're like, who the hell is that? Maybe I'll watch the show. But she's not hot enough where you're going to like, eh, I'm not going to watch the show. You know what I'm saying? So she's leaving the show. And you know how angry I get, and Howard Stern talks about this all the time, when somebody leaves a show, like he was even on B. Arthur's ass. What is she leaving Golden Girls for? What is she doing? You know, she's always angry at that because she left that, you know, it was her choice to leave this cash cow. And when you're a an actor, I guess, I'm not technically an actor, but, you know, I want to be and I want to be on television. I so want to be on television. I so want to be on Crashing, right? 
And then this girl is leaving this, this acting job, this cash cow, this wonderful opportunity. This girl I've never heard of, I've never seen, and we'll probably never see her again. And she's decided to leave NCIS. However, in this case, I think no matter you know how much I might want a job and I'm like, how dare you leave? It's not like Shelley Long leaving Cheers after five years. She's an idiot. She'll always be a genuine idiot. And society has paid her back for being an idiot, not caring about any of her shows. For somehow that guy that was in CSI Miami, he got a second chance. I don't know why he deserves to after he left his show, the David Caruso. That asshole should have been in oblivion. When you leave a, a successful show, you know, right? you work for years to be an actor, then you get a success, then you're like, leave? You're an asshole usually. But this girl was on the show for 15 years. 15 years. I mean, that's as long as I've been at my job. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's a long time. She's done 352 episodes. You know what? Okay. <laughs> like Mark Harmon has. You figured like just, you know, when Mark Harmon leaves, you leave. But yeah, you could let her go. That's a long time. That's a long time. She's probably made all the money she'll ever need in life. And actually, what I've heard is she doesn't want to do anything. She actually wants to just do charity work. So you know what? That's exactly the way you leave TV. That's what you say. That's what you say. You don't want to, oh, I'd like to see some other offers. I'd like to do movies. She said the right thing. She said the right thing because there's many other actors out there that would be like, screw you. She said the right thing. I just want to do charity work. That's all I want to do. That is so smart. This girl is obviously a genius. Paulie Perrette. Never heard of her. I never see her. We'll never see her again. I don't know what she does. I don't know what her acting is. I don't know what she does for a living. But if you marry this man, I'll be very disappointed. Godfather 2. So we'll give her a break on that one, you know. So here's the best part uh, last week or a couple weeks ago. Uh, so, you know, they changed the gambling laws. So now uh, when I go to the track next week, I can actually gamble on baseball at the track. New Jersey and the change, you know, you can go state to state. They changed the game, but now you can finally do sports. But how ridiculous was it that you couldn't do, you couldn't bet on a baseball game or a hockey or a football game in Atlantic City? But in Vegas, you can do all that, which is why I was so excited to go to Vegas. I want to go to the sports book. I remember I, I did really well. I bet that the hockey and the baseball combined, and I won like $400. Why aren't I not allowed to do that in Atlantic City? That is ridiculous. You know why? It's all mafia-related, but the mafia is crumbling. It's over. And this is the last straw. This is what they had left. Gambling. And you know that's what it is. It's all corruption and, and crime and all that kind of stuff. And this was the last institution. And Vegas had a stronghold. This is the only place you can do sports gambling. Otherwise, you know, I've been using an illegal bookie for years. And now... I can go to the racetrack in Jersey. I can, I, I can just, you know, maybe they'll make OTBs here where I can just do it here on the street and I can actually do it legally so nobody's going to bust my kneecaps. This could be better for me. It could be worse. Who knows? But now when I'm in Atlantic City, I can put a bet on the, on the Dodgers game, whatever. If I want to do that, why shouldn't I be able to do that if you can do it somewhere else here in America? So that's exciting. And remember, they thought the Monmouth Racetrack thought they were going to do that a long time ago. They even built this huge, new, beautiful place. And then Christie scrubbed it for some reason. But now it's all set, right? So it's funny. So Tom Shalhoub called me. He works for Fox News. And he goes, hey, we'd love to have you on the show talking about the new gambling laws. And I'm like, oh, my God, my pleasure. 
So I met with this new person at work, this new COO, and she's like, hey, we'd like to maybe, uh, you know, you know, do some better stuff for you here. I'll tell you later, right? I can't say anything right now. We're talking, we're having a conversation about my role in the firm in the future. Uh, and while I'm meeting her for the first time, I get a call. She goes, what's going on? I'm like, well, normally I would have turned my phone off, but it's Fox News. They, they, they need to talk to me and they keep calling. I'm sorry. They're not going to like, I stopped it at first. And I was like, listen, it's Fox News. I got to talk about the gambling laws. I'll talk to you later. And that's the first day I met the COO. <laughs> but what's more classic than that? Listen, Fox News keeps calling. I got to talk about the new gambling laws. And then I went to a conference room to talk about the new gambling laws. It was a great question. They're like, how, how do you think these bookies are going to react? I'm like, well, what do you think is going to happen? This is a disaster for them. It's over. What do I need to work with my guys for anymore? Now I can do it. I mean, I can't do it here legally yet, but I will be able to. I wonder what happens. That'll be an interesting story. I mean, right now I still owe my guys money and it's easy and I can do it online, but they give me credit I don't have. I think it's better for me if I can only gamble with the money I have. You know what I mean? Because then I'll second guess everything. When I get a free thousand dollars every week to gamble with, that's been the disaster. I'm like, no, no, no. It's not going to end badly. Of course it's going to end badly. So that's what I'm saying. I mean, if you're gambling with the money you already have, like in your credit card or whatever you have, I mean, a credit card is a disaster because that's technically, you know, money, whatever. But I don't know. I'm hoping it'll be better and I'll think better. Because I think I've, well, I guess we'll see. I'm just thinking when I used to go to the Atlantic City, you know, when I was, I, I, I seem to curtail that a table game addiction. So you used to go take the rent money and go, I'm like, no, no I can double this. And I think I figured that out, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see, because, uh, you know, because uh, my bookie called me yesterday and he said this. You're going to look pretty funny trying to eat corn on a car with no fucking teeth. Wow. What an asshole. Um, so one other thing, uh, or maybe a few other things. The Harvey Weinstein thing, interesting, the guy goes to jail, and now he's in house arrest, which is fair enough, because he has money, and that's what happens, even though the women are very upset that he's he should just be in prison now, but they must understand he's going to need a little trial, something, you know, you can't just put him away, you know, he has money, it's just to take some time, be happy that this is all coming together, just relax, it's all going to work out, the guy's going to end up going to prison, hopefully in him and Cosby will share a cell, and quite frankly, that's the show I want to work on. Forget me and Attell having a baby together. Cosby and Weinstein sharing a cell. That's the one. Now, when you raped Rose McGowan, did you, I always wanted to rape her, but I never had the opportunity. But I tried to get her to come over and be on the Cosby show so I could give her a couple of pills, but I didn't have the opportunity. God, that sounds amazing. How was that rape? Was that a good rape or... Well, a bad rape. Well, you know, it was the kind of rape I could... I don't know why I'm doing that voice. I'm just saying because he's Jewish. <laughs> I'm just going for it. Because that's the funnier part. Because if he just talks normal, that's no fun at all. Well, when I raped her the first time, I said, you know, this is a hot piece of ass. But then the thing with the thing and the other thing, and said, wow, this is velvet, I said. 
But uh, so there's this woman, and her name is now. Th- th- I suppose you know. Okay, her name is Alexandra Canosa, and she is now. <laughs> th- th- this is where it gets weird, and this is what I was going to tell you. My friend who's having problems at his job, is being affected by the Me Too movement. He is a white man about my age, and he's being affected by the Me Too movement because they promoted a black woman over him because of this movement. And they said to him, it's a big corporate, and they said, hey, we just want to see how you're going to react to this. We want to see with HR. I mean, there's, they're basically saying, you got Me Tooed. Which is completely unfair. Oh, I'm sorry he's a white man that's worked hard every day and now he doesn't deserve it because of this movement. We got to get it straight. It's unfair. That's not cool. I, 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 that's lovely. They're giving somebody a chance. But, you know, you have to go by merit as well sometimes. He's got a family also and he's the nicest person I know. He's not one of the normal dicks you see in this kind of business anyway this girl alexandra canosa she's a producer on a netflix show called marco polo now she is claiming she was raped by harvey weinstein now that's horrible now as a man of course i'm not going to sit here and be like ah she's lying she's lying right i'm not, that's not what i'm talking about but here's the thing we have to question she was repeatedly raped over a period of five years Can you be repeatedly raped over a period of five years? Is that a thing? Is that Can you call that rape? She wasn't a slave. She wasn't in chains. I mean, am I, am I being, am I not getting it? Am, am, am I, because he, listen, ladies, I'm, I'm, I'm on your side. This guy's a monster. If you keep going back and and meeting him willingly in his hotel, okay, let's grant it. He's saying, if you don't have sex with me now, I'm take. He's he's helping produce this show she produced on Netflix. If you don't come over and blow me now, your show is over. Well, you know what? Within five years, there's got to be a time where you step up and say, "Go fuck yourself." This woman, I'm sorry, ladies, this woman is a fucking idiot. You can't be repeatedly raped over a five-year period. You got to stand up for yourself at some point. Go, all right, so my show's over. My career will be over. I'm not going to put up with this anymore. I got to take a chance. I'm going to have to do another career. I'm going to have to find a way. I'm going to have to fight this. I'll make it on my own without this douchebag somehow. You have to stick up for yourself. How is that helpful for any woman? If you don't take a stand because you don't, you know what, you're not going to be in Hollywood anymore. Well, boo-hoo. I told you, I still, I could have slept with that dude in the hotel at NBC, which I don't know whether I've told you the whole story or not. Well, he wanted it. Oh, let me tell you. And I might have had a show on NBC, but you know what? I was like, I, there's no way I can do this. First of all, I'm not gay. Secondly, could I be gay enough to at least do this so I can have a TV show? There has to be a period of time over five years where you say to yourself, no, 
I'm not doing this anymore. So I say this is bullshit. Is it rape if you're just saying I'm going to ruin your career if you don't sleep with me? Is that that considered actually rape or do we need another word for that? It's a horrible thing. And there's a manager I know who I can't even believe is in jail, not in jail right now because he does this to people on a lower level. And sooner or later, he's got to get his comeuppance. But I'm mad at this woman, this Alexandra Canosa, because, and all women should be upset with her because there has to be a period within five years. You're already the producer of a show. I know he's powerful and maybe he'll lie and say things to ruin your career, but you are already producing a show. You have to have faith in yourself that you're going to be able to work it out somewhere, somehow, somewhere else. There's no other choice for you. You can't keep going back willingly after five years and then say you were raped. If he's going to ruin your career, he's going to ruin your career. Sometimes you got to take the hit. Am I wrong on this, ladies? Am I, am I wrong? Don't you think at some point she has to, she should have stood up? She might be the worst person in all of this. Now, I, we know we did this to a lot of people and it had to stop, but was she her coming out now, you're better off just saying you were raped by Harvey Weinstein. If you're going to say you're raped over a period of five years, yeah, you got a question. It's just like that. They, they picked the worst accuser for Bill Cosby because she was raped and then came back. Went back to the hotel. She goes, I didn't know what happened. He drugged me. He raped me. And then I went back the next day. Or whenever. That's not the person you want to have being the one who's prosecuted. She went back. I understand the whole process of, of processing it and not telling anybody. Don't go back. Something happened that day. Don't go back. Something is off with this man. Unless he is threatening you. But I, I don't think he was. I think she went back on her own. So like, hey, why don't you come over again? All right, but don't do what you did last time. Oh, no, I won't. We don't know what happened privately. And maybe I am just being a boy who doesn't understand. So explain it to me. I want this woman, Alexandra Canosa, to come over here. I want to see what she's like mentally. And I want to talk to her. And I want her to convince me. Not convince me. I just want her to tell her story. And I want to have the story so well where I'm not sitting there the whole time. Where even my sister's not sitting there like, why did you go back? We all get hits on our career. And sometimes you got to take a stand. You could be the cause of all these women that went further because you didn't take a stand in five years because you were selfish and you were just worried about your career and this and this show that you wanted to produce. Well, listen, I want to produce a show too. And there's sometimes when things came up where you just say, I can't do it. I mean, uh, you know, I've definitely had, I've had situations I know you can't believe it now, but where girls are like, well, I'll get you the part if you sleep with me, which sounds perfect. But where does that end? You should know that as a boy or a girl. You know how the casting couch works. If you play into it, 
What do you think is going to happen? How do you think that's going to end? How do you think that's going to end? If the first time she did it where he goes, I'll give you the part if you have sex with me, she made a deal with the devil. I'll let you produce this show. Oh, it's high-end stakes. It's like, well, really? Yeah. I'll give you the money right now. I'll give you, I'll, I'll set it all up with one phone call if you have sex with me right now. Is this just a one-time thing? Yeah, one-time thing. Okay. That's the day where you say, no, I'm sorry. I just don't feel comfortable with this. You made a deal with the devil. That's what happens. I'm not blaming her. Yes, I am. I guess I am. I don't want to. It's just that uh, sometimes you have to take responsibility for your own actions. That's what I'm saying. When you go back over five years, you go back five years, you're going to have sex with them for five years? And now you're saying, well, he raped me. I don't know. What are you, am I wrong on this? Am I wrong? I, I, I don't know. I guess it's, I don't know. I guess a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the, uh, I'm sure people have varying views. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm not trying to, I'm just, I'm trying to figure it all out. We're all trying to process all this, how these men have gotten away with it for so long. I mean, it's kind of great. And I got to tell you, I love every minute of it. As long as it's real. The Matt Lauer one, obviously real. The Morgan Freeman one, interesting because there's been he's like well i didn't do that like i we don't yeah maybe he said some lewd comments but he didn't threaten anybody and do anything this is the way guys are you have to let guys be guys sometimes we're learning to get it it's taking some time give certain people a chance that you know aren't horrible but they still might not be ready yet to not be dudes I'd like to think I'm not that kind of guy, but I'm sure I, God damn it. I mean, Jesus at work. I'm like, God, you look so pretty today. Can't even say that. It's so horrible because there are other guys who ruin it for everybody else. That's the issue. But I love on the Today Show, you know, watch the Today Show every day. Every day at 730, they usually go to their new sex scandal stuff or, you know, the Me Too stuff, which I really enjoy. And it is exciting when, you know, these people keep getting busted, you know, as long as it's not yourself. But it is exciting when the real perpetrators get busted, like a Harvey Weinstein or Bill Cosby. Kevin Spacey, when I'm still not sure about, oh, I'm sure he was an asshole, but I don't know. Let's see if some other people like John Travolta or people are going to have some issues it's a crazy world we're living in it's crazy but really it's a lot of it's no different than it ever has been if you think about it the only thing that's really different is just social media and that's a thing I was thinking about that you know when I watch uh, you know Friends or Seinfeld like in the 90s you know they, they did have cell phones so they had cell phones I was trying to figure back how far back we've been doing this. But, you know, I was thinking about dating without cell phones and how you'd be on a date and it was, you know, that that woman was stuck there. 
<laughs> you had a chance. Now you're on a date. She's checking her phone. She can find something better to do within 60 seconds. She can have somebody call in the middle and just uh, be, you know, you really had to go through a big length to get out of a date without a cell phone. And uh, when your date went to the bathroom, you just had to sit there amongst yourself and think about things and reflect and look like an idiot by yourself. You're surrounded by other dates and then you just had to be a man or a woman and just sit there. You didn't have your phone to look into. You just had to relax. Those were horrible times. <laughs> it's so much better with phones. I was just thinking everybody's on their phone all the time. You know, I was just watching one of those commercials with the whole family's on their phone. They're trying to get data. And I'm like, I know that's the way it is. But what is everybody doing on their phones? How can you talk to some people that much? Even if you're a teenager, how can you just keep constantly chatting and talking? But I guess they're also looking at pictures and playing. I'm just, it's kind of, it's bothering me. It's just like, I don't think I can compete with people's phones. I think I'm just too tired. I can't compete. That fucking phone. At least I wouldn't have found out about the uh, the comedy seller thing if I, you know, if I didn't have a phone. At least uh, somebody would have had to, you know, messenger uh, me uh, a thing, or they they would have had to have a, a town crier ringing a bell and letting me know the show was canceled. That way, it would have been much more entertaining, much more entertaining. Plus, you know, as things get worse, they canceled my favorite show. They canceled Lucifer. I'm so upset about that. It's the only thing I look forward to watching every week. Well, I had Roseanne. They canceled that, too. So they canceled all my favorite shows. And they canceled Deception, which I was really enjoying. You know, the magic show. The goddamn magic show that I love. They canceled it. I, you know, I told you it would never last. I said it's never going to last. There's a multiple, multiple shows where I have uh, multiple podcasts on the Nightfly podcast where I've said the show will never last, but I love it. And I really do love it. And of course it's canceled. Just heard. I don't know where they think they were going to get away with that, but I would watch that show every week. I really like it. And there's probably going to be no resolution. Just like Lucifer that left us on a cliffhanger. His partner just found out he really was the devil. Ah, and they leave you in a goddamn cliffhanger. That stinks. And this deception, they're probably going to leave it on a cliffhanger. We're never going to know how his, why his brother got you know, arrested for murder that he didn't commit. We're, gonna, we're never going to find this lady, this hot lady. Oh, my God, they got this villain. She's so beautiful. And the thing is, in that show, Billy Zane was in it. He was in two episodes, and he, and he got killed. And it's like, that's it? Like, when they saw Billy Zane, I thought he was going to be in the story arc. But, but he wasn't. Billy Zane. You know what I'm talking about? The guy from Titanic. You know, that says, like, I notice you've been melancholy. I thought you would have come to me last night. You know, that guy. Guy from Back to the Future. Hey, the dork thinks he's going to drown. Although I don't think that was Billy Jane, but he was one of the three. Like, he was still in the movie when Eric Stoltz got replaced. So, yeah, it's weird. You see Billy Zane, you see his name, you're like, well, he's the killer. But you knew he was the bad guy, we found out later. Why would you have Billy Zane in a in a TV show and him not be? That's the problem with the, they say that in the Family Guy all the time. We see the name in the opening credits, you know they're the killer. If it's somebody 
more famous than the normal people you'll see as guest starring where they're just, you know, actors just looking for a job. Well, I'll tell you something. You know, if I ever do get on television or whatever, you know I'm doing a... I'll just bring back the magic thing. I don't care what they do. This is this is the right show. You have to do a few seasons. I mean, I'm glad that deception even happened. You have to try. You've got to keep trying to do a show about a magician that solves crimes, or in this case works for the FBI, to solve crimes. It's important because magicians should be able to do that. And if I get my chance, I will do a six-episode series uh, where David Copperfield solves crimes. And we will be together again like we were in the early 70s. Just just Count Copperfield. Together again in our new series where he solves crimes. And uh, I don't I help? I don't know. I'll figure it out, I promise. Oh, uh... Uh, in the paper yesterday, or a couple of the, what day was this? This is uh, Thursday. Thursday. The uh, the Mets, who started off on fire, the New York Mets, who are an absolute joke, finally won a game. They've been losing, losing, losing. They finally win a game against the Braves, who weren't supposed to be doing anything. They call them the Baby Braves. And... They got this douchebag who, you know, like, I guess he, I don't know, did he hit home run or whatever? I, I don't even know what the picture is. Oh, here, I can tell you exactly who it is. Turning an Indian. Uh, oh, yeah. Asdrubal Cabrera. I don't even know who that is. He celebrates after turning an inning-ending double play. And then he's thanking God. That's the picture. He's, like, doing the, the chest pump and the finger. He's thanking God. They won one game. The guy's thanking God. All it reminds me about is the uh, scene in Bring It On. Jan's got spirit. Yes, he do. Jan's got spirit. How about you? Dude, you just lost. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear it, but they got the, it's the, they're making fun of the boy cheerleaders. Their football team is horrible in Bring It On, the boys' football team. They're horrible in the movie Bring It On. And they keep picking on the male cheerleaders. And he's like, Jan's got spirit. Yes, they're still making fun of him. The guy's like, dude, you just lost. I feel like this is this guy. I'm like, dude, you won one game out of 20. You're thanking God? Fucking idiot. Hate when they thank God. God has nothing to do with anything. It's ridiculous. God. God helps you win baseball games. What are you, a fucking moron? With them in the sporting events. Well, they should be thanking God that they make millions of dollars. You don't have to thank God that you made a play. Do it at home. Thank you, God, for getting me a base hit. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. So the people that really worship Jesus are pretty mad that you think Jesus is helping you win baseball games. If Jesus is the end all, and and you love Jesus, you're like Joe Messina. Do you do you want Jesus to be helping the the Mets? Well, you probably want him to help you in the Yankees. So maybe there is something to it. But shouldn't he be doing other stuff, right? 
Do we really need him to help us win baseball games? Because remember, somebody just lost on the other side. That's not very Jesus-like at all. You know, there's a lot of fans on the other side that Jesus didn't help, which is uncool. You know, when you thank Jesus and God at the Oscars or the, or the Grammys, you know, why didn't Jesus help those losers? Jesus is an asshole. Why didn't he help, why didn't he help Taylor Swift win another one? It really is a, a kick in the face when you're thanking God and Jesus when you win to the other people that lost. Oh, I guess Jesus doesn't like me. Oh, thanks for pointing that out. I was feeling bad enough that I had just lost, but now I feel worse that Jesus hates me. Thanks. Thank you, Kanye. You know, the thing is also I had uh, the script, the Goodfellas script, I had it worked out uh, where I was like really happy with, you know, I had a couple of references, I had a couple of Kanye references, the Roseanne stuff. I was like really happy with it. I really was. I was in a good place. I was I was looking forward to it. And now I lose that and money, time spent, everything, and the embarrassment, which now, when I leave you, I have to take care of. There's not a damn thing I can do about it. And I have nothing else going on. I have my birthday show on my actual birthday, but I don't even know whether Mateo will be in town. And right now, I just don't feel like doing nothing. I'm sorry to bring you down, everybody. I hope I didn't, and I hope I cheered you up a little bit because I got cheered up for a little bit, and then I keep going back and forth where I'm like, ugh, 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 ugh. And um, I don't know. You know, listen. No matter what happens, the important thing is we always have the podcast together. And that is an important thing, too, because, you know, even when I'm down, I'm like, you know what? I'll talk about it. I'll work it out on the podcast, and I'll let my friends who listen to my podcast, my listeners, know that things are going to be okay. We can all work it out together. We can get through this, all the stuff in our lives together. Because there are certain things that make you happy and certain people in your lives that make you happy, and, and you know... Certainly my life isn't as bad as others. I know that. It's just the timing. You know, it's like Friday night, I'll be sad. Saturday, I'll work it out again. And uh, that's all we can do, right? That's all any of us can do. We just got to put it together until we die, I guess. I mean, I know that's... <laughs> this is no other way. What are you going to do? What are you going to get divorced? Come on. You're going to get divorced. Come on. What are you going to do? You're going to work it out. I'm going to talk to Karen. We're going we're gonna to work it out. I know just what to say to her. Well, yeah, you go back to your romance. It's kind of like the way it is in life. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to commit suicide? Come on. Come on. You're not going to do that. You don't have the balls to commit suicide. You can't do it. Plus, I mean, it would hurt. Like my mother and sister, I'd, you know, you got to, because remember, committing suicide is very selfish. I can't do that to my mom and sister. That would be devastating. I guess more to my mom. I guess if she was dead, it would be her. I don't know. What the right. I guess my sister would care. I don't think my nieces and nephew would care. Now, what are we talking about? I was trying to leave on a happy note, and I've done it again. Well, listen. 
Next week, I have Russ Maneev on the show. You know, I've been trying to get him in. He's got some very interesting things to say. He um, started a comedy coalition and did all this stuff to give more money to the comics and all that kind of stuff, which, of course, technically affected me where I have to give more money to people's stuff. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He's a delight. He's handsome. He's Russ. He's my friend. And uh, we'll have some good time and some laughs next week. And then after that, listen, we'll work shit out. Things will be better again. We'll have our friends. We'll have Memo on. We'll have Rachel come on. We'll have good times again. And things will work itself out. And your pal Dave Jeskell will make it just like you and I will make it together next time on The Nightfly. I hope you had a decent enough time today. I hope I didn't bring you down too much. Or I hope I was able to lift you up if you were down. I'll see you next time, ladies and gentlemen. Next week with Russman Eve on The Nightfly with your pal. Dave Juskow, I will return.